We're glad to be sharing the ministry of Tabernacle of Praise with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. Let's see, the last time we ended, we were discussing, discussing the rapture, weren't we? In all of our... Hopefully you've had time to look at other stuff. I've really been going through some stuff in Scripture, looking at... I've, I've really started looking at uh, a lot of the phrases and, and words that Paul uses something that we miss out in and miss out on in Scripture is when we, not that you have to go back to Hebrew and all those stuff, but when you go back to the uh, original Hebrew and they said certain things a certain way because they meant something, they just didn't use words for words. Those phrases meant something and they, it established a thought. Like when we, use, when we say rapture, man, that covers a lot, doesn't it? It covers a lot that's going to happen, but we understand by saying that one word, all that's entailed. There's a lot of scripture and there's a lot of words in scripture that when you go to the Hebrew and understand the culture, man, it enlightens exactly what's being said. We're going to talk about some of that tonight. So 1 Corinthians 15 gives us another discourse by Paul concerning the catching away of the church. And so I want to go to 1 Corinthians 15 first. We're going to kind of skip around. First uh, Corinthians 15, let's look at verses 50 through 52. I'll just read them. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. Remember, that's mysterian. We, we shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet for the the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Uh, being the descendants of Adam, we're born into Adam's likeness, obvious. Uh, we're subject to the same kind of corruption, the same kind of disgrace, the same kind of problems. Are f- and, and that's what, when it says flesh and blood, that's part of what Paul's talking about here. But there's, there's a portion of this that it's just pretty blanket, it's pretty simple. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom. That, that is a, a Hebrew, it's a paraphrasis is what it's called. Uh, that man in the state that we're living in, because we're after the state of Adam who's fallen, uh, we have an infirmity, we, we decay, we're in a constant decay. Therefore, th- this corruptible can't become in corruption unless it's a change. There's two ways to change. In the corruptible into incorruptible. There's two ways to change it. One's to die, and one's to be changed in the moment in the twinkling of an eye. That's the only two ways that these can be changed. That that this body, uh, the body itself is going to die. The only way that can happen is for the body to die and be resurrected. That makes sense. Or that Jesus comes and the body that we have is changed. And the Bible tells us here in First Corinthians that there is, the, there is the flesh body and the spiritual body. That's not talking about the flesh and the soul. That's a mistake people make in 1 Corinthians. It, when it says there's a flesh body, we think, oh, that's the flesh, that's this, and then there's the spiritual, that's the soul, that's the inside. It's not talking about that at all. When, when you look in the Scripture and when you go back to the original text, it's talking about that there is a body that's corruptible. You're, our bodies are decaying, but there's a body that we're going to be given. Like Jesus had a new body when he came out of the grave. It was recognizable. They, they, they saw the scars, so it had the impact of the old body and what had happened. But there was something different about the body that Jesus had. 
And that's the body that we will. We don't. We do not yet know what we shall be, but we know when we see him, we shall be like him. So we'll have those same bodies. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time because I want to go ahead and move through what happens after this takes place. Uh, it, it, that's why he says it's incapable of us inheriting the kingdom. This body right here will never inherit the kingdom. Never happen. But the body he gives us will. There's something. I don't know if y'all remember. It's been a couple of weeks. I made a statement, and it's something to be looked at. We look at the kingdom of God, and we think of it as this kingdom we're living in now. You remember probably three weeks ago, Bishop asked a question at the end, can the kingdom of God even be preached today? Did any of y'all, do y'all remember him asking that question? Because what is the kingdom of God? Well, the kingdom of God is not me to drink peace, righteousness, and joy in the Holy Ghost. But when you look up the kingdom of God, you find out something that's different than what Romans says. And there is a kingdom called the millennial kingdom that's coming that actually is called the kingdom of God. And so when I, when we go into the millennial reign with Jesus Christ, we will be in our new bodies. We'll be in our new bodies. Something. So let that be stuck in your mind right now as we read this, and we'll, we'll move on. Uh, verse 51. We shall not all die. In other words, we're not going to all pass away by this natural state of death. But we will be changed. you got to pass away or be changed. A change that causes our bodies to be transformed from this natural state that we're living in into a spiritual state. That's what this, this thing called the rapture is all about, just as Jesus did. And then in a moment, verse 52, in the twinkling of an eye, that word twinkling uh, in the Greek is repay. And it means the blink of an eye or the jerk of an eye, to how quick an eye flashes. Uh, the resurrection of all the dead in God from the foundation of the world to that time, changing all living upon anybody that's living at that time, anybody that's living at that time, boom, changed. Uh, that's what that, that is. Now, there's something we're going to talk about here when it talks about the resurrection. We consider this to be the first resurrection in the church when, in fact, it's not. We call it the first resurrection, but if you look in Revelation 15, it describes what the first resurrection is, and it's not this resurrection. It's a different one, and there's a reason because of judgment. Remember we talked about dispensation of time, that God deals with man, and then there's a judgment? Understand that at the rapture, that's the dispensation of time. The judgment then comes at the rapture. Now, where did our judgment take place? Cross. But there's still a judgment. After the rapture, there is still a judgment. And so we'll talk about that. So Paul uses a common Jewish rabbi phrase, at, at the last trump, for the, the trumpet shall sound. He, the Hebrew rabbis still teach this. They teach that God's trumpet is a thousand L's. Now, an L is 45 inches. And so that means that the trumpet that's going to sound that makes this noise, whatever it is, is 45,000 L's, or better translated, this trumpet of God is 3,750 feet long. This is what they teach. That's, and here's what they teach. The first blast of, the church, of, the, of this trumpet, it shakes the whole earth. The second blast of the trumpet separates the dust that's because the earth is shaken. The third blast of this trumpet brings bones together. 
the fourth blast of this trumpet, uh, the members shall wax warm. In other words, the arms, the legs become warm again. The fifth covers the head with skin. The sixth blast of this trumpet rejoins the body with the soul. And the seventh blast of this trumpet revives those that were dead and they're clothed and standing before God. They have broken this thing down, the Jewish rabbis. It's, it's part of Judaism. It's part of those in Judaism that believe in the resurrection of the dead and, uh, and the trump. And they go into this depths uh, uh, about the trumpet of God. So to what extent things actually happen at the rapture, we're really not sure, are we? We're not sure that this 3,700-foot-long trumpet's going to be blown because the trump, and, and we, we talked about it a few weeks ago, that word trump is actually reverberation. Now, that's what a trump does, a trumpet does. It reverbs sound, but, the, you know, there's going to be a shout, the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. So there's this reverberation of whatever that shout is. We're not really exactly sure. We understand, though, that it... Yes, yes. That's from their original teachings. Now, keep this in mind. The Jews had a problem that they wanted to add to, like, for instance, God's law. You know, God's law had X amount of commands, and by the time the Jews' priests got through with it, they had added 562 more commands, you know, that deal. So understand that what I just described to you is just what the Hebrew thinking is. When you think about that, that's just a powerful thing. So just understand that this shout this trump it's just going to be such a powerful thing it's going to shake the earth so if that's the case and we experience it and we are a part of it those that aren't part of the church what are they going to consider it to be because they're going to feel the same shaking it's going to shake the earth it's going to cause the dust what does this thing sound what does this sound like sound like a massive 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 earthquake i've often wondered what because at, at, the, at the beginning of tribulation, it says the Antichrist comes on the scene and causes peace upon the earth. So that means there wasn't peace. And he, he, he gives them the answer to the problems. That means there was problems. So you just wonder if this rapture thing that creates havoc on the earth and this Antichrist is able to bring it all together and say, well, here's the deal. This is what's really going on. So just, just part of, let that kind of stick as we keep going. So... We, we, all we know is that we are going to be raised if we're dead. We're going to be changed if we're alive. And we're going to be like him. So now turn with me, if you would, to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Because immediately following, every time that, that, that immediate, after Noah went into the ark, they were there seven days. At the end of the seven days, there was a judgment. It was the flood. That wasn't Noah's judgment, was it? What was Noah's judgment? It was his obedience to walking, doing. He, he did the plan. He built the ship. The animals came in. He prepared everything. And God said, now go get in the boat. That was his judgment. Had he not gotten in the boat, he would have been judged with the other in water, okay? So understand that about us. That's why our judgment, well, it came at the cross, but there's another judgment that comes at the rapture because at the rapture, there's going to be a switch or a change. Not immediate. It's going to be a process of some time, but a, a change into the next dispensation. 
Yeah, thank you for asking. Let's talk about that. Let's read the scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. And a lot of people look at this and think, oh, no, oh, no. But let's explain that, good or bad. Let's explain what this is talking about. When you look at uh, every time God deals with man, remember we talked about this in dispensations, at the end there's a, there's a judgment, right? And so at the rapture, that's our judgment. Well, here's our judgment. It's the judgment seat of Christ. And so let's just talk about this a little bit. It's a special judgment for believers. The judgment seat of Christ is a special judgment for believers. As believers, we all stand before God to be judged. The participants in this judgment are members of the New Testament church. Remember, you know, here's the thing about the rapture that people... Okay, so you mean uh, at the rapture, uh, let's say Samson made it. He's going to be resurrected. At the rapture, this is going to happen. You remember when Jesus came out of the grave? Old Testament saints came out of the grave and walked the earth. There was already a resurrection or a rapture, if you will. Of them. You remember at, uh, here's one because this shows back up in Revelation. Jesus was at the Mount of Transfiguration. So were two other people. Moses and Elijah. Now, Moses died. We know that. We don't know where he was buried. Elijah just went up. You know, I'm still thinking about Enoch. Enoch walked with God and was not. In Revelation, what's going to happen in this tribulation period is that two people are going to show back up in Jerusalem. Now, what kind of body did they have when they were on the Mount of Transfiguration? They were transfigured, or they had a new form or body. And so that's gonna, they're going to show back up because it's appointed unto man once to die, and after that, the judgment. So we know Moses died, but we don't know that Elijah did. So guess who dies? Guess who's, you've read, we've read it, guess who's, who's put to death in the streets of Jerusalem? Moses and Elijah even though we know Moses died. So that may, it says that Moses, di- Moses died and God buried him where no one knows. So there's just some interesting things, and we're going to come back to that. I just wanted to plant that seed. So the participant are the, are the New Testament believers, believers from Pentecost until the time of the rapture. That group of people will be at the judgment seat of Christ. Uh, the believers of the Old Testament there's a, there's a judgment of the nations that, that you don't hear talked about very much that's in Scripture. And so the judgment of the nations are going to be that judgment of those that were before Jesus that lived in the dispensation that they lived in. In other words, Adam lived in a particular dispensation. Then the dispensations kept changing and changing. It went from innocence to, to uh, the, you know, living, living by their own conscience to living by law, all those things. Each dis- those dispensations will be judged at the judgment of the nations according to the dispensation they lived in. Correct. Correct. Because there was no nation of Israel until Jacob shows up. There wasn't, there's not, there wasn't, there, there was no Jew. Abraham was not a Jew. Abraham was like you and me, a Gentile. So 
the, the, they will be judged according to those because you'll look in Revelation that there will be those that stand before God. The books were opened and then the book. The book was the Lamb's book of life. So what were the books? The, this, this is not a book. This is a library of 66 books. And so the books were opened. Whatever portion that they lived in out of those 66 books is how they were judged, how they'll be judged. That, that makes sense? So there's a judgment of the nations that's coming. So our actions in the body that we lived in, in the corruptible body that you live in now, the things that you do for the incorruptible kingdom is what's judged at the judgment seat. And when it says good or bad, let's, let's explain that. This is not a judgment to determine whether or not you make it or not, or whether you go to heaven, the judgment seat of Christ. If you make the rapture, you've made it. So this is not a judgment according to that. It's not a judgment of your sins. That happened at Calvary. You'll notice in Scripture that judgment comes after resurrection. It's kind of an odd thing. But when you notice in Scripture people were resurrected, there was a judgment that happened after that in different various places. But here's the thing. The, 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 the sin of entire humanity cannot be judged until time is over. Because sin moves forward. And it'll continue to move forward until time is over. Our sin is already judged because it was judged at the cross. But those that are lost, their sin has not been judged. It will not be judged until they stand before God in that final day at the white throne. That's when their sin is judged. Understand that about the judgment of sin. Since believer's sin, again, was judged at Calvary, we're going to stand before him and according to the things God called us to do, did we do them or did we not do them? What did we do? What, what, what part of the, in, in, in the kingdom of God here, what, what actions did we take in this corruptible body in the incorruptible spirit world? Okay, remember that this body is just an instrument. Your body's an instrument through which we work the things of God in this present world. The judgment that we're going to see is a judgment the Bible calls in different places rewards, crowns. There are different words that are used. There's going to be different, you know, and it doesn't explain to us exactly what they are. Well, you know, the reward to me is being there. <laughs> Whatever we get from their own is just icing on the cake. So, so the crowns that we get, not, but here's the deal. Not everyone will receive the same reward. It's according, and the good and bad simply means this. Let's, let's, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 15. Let's j jump back to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Because this is part of uh, something we need to understand. That you, it's important what we are or are not doing. It's important what you are or are, are, are not doing. I'm going to start with verse 13 here, but verse 15 is kind of the, every man's work shall be made manifest for the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire and the fire shall uh, try every man's works for what that's, now this fire here, when you look is judgment. Fire throughout scripture, mo most 99.9% .9 of the time when you read fire is judgment. So this is, so judgment is going to reveal. In other words, at the judgment seat of Christ, our works are going to be revealed, what we did. 
If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. Now, I didn't read the previous verses when you go back to about verse 8 and come through, but Paul talks to the Corinthian church about what you build your Christian life on. Do you build it on the things God tells you to do, or do you build it on silver and gold and that kind of stuff? As a Christian, you can, build, you can still build your Christian life on the things that are corruptible. Here's the problem, verse 15. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. So the things that we do for God have to be built on the spiritual aspects of God's. If we build them, if Pastor Don was trying to build him a little kingdom here, and some of his deal was like, I want to build my little kingdom, understand that those things, that'll be a loss for me. When I stand before the judgment seat of Christ, it, I won't have a reward for that. I got every bit of the reward here because it's not according to the word. It's not according to the principle and the purpose of God. Only those things that we do according to the principle and purpose of God. And, and look at this, the last part of that verse. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. People have preached that and taught that, and you know, by the skin of your teeth and all that. The, again, the fire here is judgment because here's the deal. Because God used, fire, used water in the beginning as the judgment, he said, I'll never do that again. God's final judgment on this planet is what? It's fire. Because fire is always, God is a consuming fire. God is a consuming fire. The consuming fire is judgment. And so when you read fire here, understand this, that there, the judgment seat of Christ exposes everything we should have done, everything we did do. And if you did things out of whack for your own self, you can still make it, but you're just going to make it by the judgment, that, simply by the judgment. That it won't be because of anything. We're not saved because of what we do. Right? Does that make sense? Correct. Right. That's why some people will receive different rewards than others. Because some people build everything they do in the kingdom is for the kingdom. Not every Christian is like that. So there's, there, let, me, let me back up. Let me back up just to show you. Verse 9, for we are laborers together with God, and ye are God's husbandry, ye are God's building According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereon. For other foundation man, uh, can no man lay that is, is laid by Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, and it's talking about the foundation of God, your relationship with God, living in the kingdom of God, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble. Every man's work shall be made manifest. That word manifest, exposed, understood. For the day for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. So does, now does that make more sense? We're all workmen in this together. We're building this foundation thing. But if our foundation is not built on Jesus Christ, if it's building this other stuff, it's going to be exposed. It's going to be, it doesn't mean you'll be lost. It just means that every, all of that stuff is like gold, silver, wood, hay, and stubble. It's all going to be destroyed. And so you'll, might, 
You might make it, but you might stand here with nothing on your head. We're talking about crowns. Just just as a nothing on your head, but you still made it. Isn't that the point? Yeah. Isn't that just the point? That's the second part of my. Cause, no, it's okay. Because you said it. Because that's not the point. Just, I'd just be happy if, to make it. That's not the point. You've, you've, you've already built your foundation on gold, wood. Hey, if, if that's the deal, I'll just be happy to make it. You, you're, you're found, you got your foundation on the wrong altogether. Our foundation should be built where labors together should be built on the things that we do for the kingdom, for the God, for God, to build this kingdom higher and bigger and broader. And that's what we're supposed to be doing. But in the church today, most people will tell you, I'd just be happy to make it. Well, yeah. Yeah, you know, Jesus told a parable about giving this person five, this person three, this person one, and the one doubled, and the next one doubled, but this one with the one hit it. And he took it away and gave it to the one that did the most. The problem was this person was cast away. Now, that's not what it's saying here, but understand this. Your crown will be cast away. That's why the book of Revelation says don't let anybody steal your crown. Don't let anybody steal your crown. Be, be, be ready. Be, be, be aware. Re- Revelation 3 and 11. Behold, I come quickly. Hold fast what you have that no one may take your crown. Hold fast what you What does that mean to hold fast? That means get a grip on it. Hold it. It's, it's important. It's this, this is the deal. Your crown is important. It's not just a thing you're going to get. Part of this comes to in play when we come back with Jesus in the millennial reign. Because in the millennial reign, we as the saints of God will actually be back here on this earth. You'll have a city. 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 Every one of you are going to have a city. Every one of you. And in that city, your responsibility is going to be to make sure that those that are living in that city once a year come to Jerusalem and worship the Lord in the temple. Now, if you're not doing a lot and you hadn't done a lot and your crown's a little lacking, you may have Alvord. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not, 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 but, but if you've really given your life to the kingdom and you've done those things, you may have Fort Worth. Does that make sense? That's why crowns are important. Well, I don't care as long as I get a city. I don't care. That's not right. Right. Everything is put at the feet of Jesus. 
It's not, it's not something you're going to hold on to. These are not possessions. These, these are actual sacrificial gifts back to Jesus Christ. So let, let's keep going. I don't want to run out of time here. So we stand at the judgment seat. And as we're standing at the judgment seat, because remember, after the rapture is the judgment, and then it moves into the next dispensation. Again, we're, we're Americans. Bam, boom, bam. Didn't happen that way. There's always a period of time. With Noah, it was seven days. With Noah, it was seven days. But go, go, go to Sodom. You, you, you see how many, Lord, if, if, if I can find the ten, you, no, I can't find, comes back, Lord, if I can find, and it keeps coming back. If I can, finally, Lord, if I can just find one. There was a period of time in there. It wasn't just, Lord, if I can find ten. Well, no, if I can find nine. If I can find eight. If I can find. He asked the Lord if I can find this many, and then he went to find them, and he couldn't find them. So he comes back to God. So there's always a time that's, that when God deals with us, and there's a judgment, there's a time to the next dispensation or a period of where that produces itself. The, the thing about the judgment that we, judgment seat of Christ, is while we're in that judgment seat, while we're doing that judgment, this world is still cooking along. And this is when the, tri the, the tribulation period begins to take place. We're gone. Antichrist has got to explain all this stuff, what's going on. What is the Great Tribulation? What is the Great Tribulation? The Bible tells us it's a time of trouble that's going to come upon man. Prophecy says that it's a time of trouble unlike it has ever been seen on the earth or will ever again be seen. That's what the Great Tribulation is about. Uh, it apparently begins with what the world needs or deems as uh, needing someone as a Savior. Because it needs someone to set order, peace, and that's where the Antichrist steps right in and sets order and peace and does all these things. And that's where, you know, haven't you thought, how can the world fall for this? Because we're, look, we're, think about the countries. Was there 218 or 219 nations right now? How, we get along somewhat, but do we really get along? We don't even think alike. So how are all the nations on earth going to think this one person is the dude? Yeah. Because you remember what happens when the Spirit's gone, God shall send them a strong delusion. They're going to believe it because God made them believe it. They're going to believe it because God made them believe it. If the devil delusions you, you can escape it. If you delude yourself, you can escape it. You can never escape the delusion that God gives. It's impossible. Only he could lift it. It's impossible. And so it's to understand the tr what transforms here, what happens in this period of time, is all of this stuff happens to the humanity. It's, you know, it's almost unnerving to know that I know people. If Jesus comes next week, I know people that are going to be involved in this delusion. And that's the reason I'm teaching this. Is because it's my job as, as a workman with you to inform those people that I'm around of what's happening. Listen, now you're having a rough life. You don't have to listen. You're a sinner. You're drunk or whatever. You don't have to tell them stuff like that. You're dope addict. You're you, you know, living, sleeping around. You don't do that stuff. Say, listen, I know you're having problems just like I had. Man, I, I, you know, my life was changed. I mean, that's what we're supposed to be doing. That, that's what, you, you know, uh, too, too many Christians are just trying to make it. 
Let's, let's be honest. Too many Christians are just trying to make it. Here's the sad thing about it. That's going to be tough. Just trying to make it. Just, I'm just really trying to make it. Yeah. Just trying to make it. There's another phrase that's probably better for that. Just trying to get by. If I can do enough to get by, and that that never that can never happen. You can never do enough to get by. You got to follow the blueprint. You got to follow what the word says. So so this tribulation, someone who brings peace into this world of trouble. And I'm just going to go do a nutshell on this tribulation because there's a lot involved in it. But the seven-year tribulation encompasses the establishment of a new world order, a new world government, a one-world religion. All of these things are established in this tribulation time. There's going to be a false Christ who attempts to be worshipped in the middle of this tribulation, attempts to be worshipped because the devil never tried to overthrow God. He just wanted to be like God. As everybody was worshiping God, just worship me like you worship him. He never tried to overthrow the throne. That never happened. Never, not in Scripture. He just wanted to be worshiped like God. That's why he told Adam and Eve, you know, the reason he didn't want you to eat that tree is because you will be like God's. You will become like him, and he didn't want you to be like him. He's he's had the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. He wants to somehow be worshipped, so he's gonna this this antichrist is gonna be full of the devil, who then will receive the worship of mankind. This is what he's been after this whole time. The problem is in the middle of this tribulation period, the Jews say, uh, "Excuse me, we, we don't." We, that's why they didn't receive Jesus. When it talks about receiving Jesus, that's not. In the scripture, that's not receiving him into your heart. That, that, that's a misnomer that, sadly to say, denominations have placed into Christianity that doesn't exist. To receive Jesus into your heart, that, that's it's not in the book. It's a denominal thing. What it means when it said they didn't receive Jesus is they were looking for a Messiah and they didn't receive him as Messiah. Not into their heart, but that he was Messiah. Because if they received him as Messiah, then when Messiah did his thing, they would follow what Messiah did and what he said to do. And so because they didn't, and so the, that's why they don't receive the Antichrist as Messiah as well. Because they don't believe that a man can come, God will come as a man. Only, only after Armageddon do they realize it. Only after Armageddon. Because in this tribulation period, they... 
This, this is the point and place. And again, this is a lot of stuff we can talk about. And I'm two minutes and I'm done. So there's a lot that can be talked about. But because they won't receive him as their Messiah and worship him, because of that, they, they refuse to take the mark. You know, people are talking about the mark of the beast here. and we're, People are worried about taking this vaccine and taking that chip and all that stuff. Shooting blanks here. Shooting blanks here. Because this mark of the beast business doesn't happen while we're here. Because they refused to take the mark, they were beheaded. They, they couldn't buy and sell and all those things. They were beheaded. Because we're going to, I guess I'm going to continue this. Because I, I wanted to wrap this up tonight. But... Could, it could be. It could be a trial run as to how, where we are, where we're at. Uh, what we have to realize is everything starts somewhere other than here. And what we have to realize is we're not the focus. Yeah. We're, we're not the, f- the church is the focus of God. Israel lost that focus when they rejected Jesus. The church is the focus of God. But where did the church start? In the same place. And so, yeah, because the church, church is all over the world, we can see things. Things can be revealed to us here about what's going to happen because you're right. The vaccine is going to be worldwide, and it could be a precursor. Uh, when it talks about not taking the mark and, you, you know, because I've heard people say, well, if you don't take the vaccine, they're going to deem you as a, a, you know, a problem in society. Therefore, you can't go anywhere and buy food. You can't go this, this, and that. So there's a possibility to that. How many people do you think are going to be beheaded because they don't take the vaccine? See, there's, there's, there, there's a whole instrumentation of things that have to happen here. What we have to do, and I'll end tonight. We're, we're going to continue next. I wanted to stop this tonight and move to another subject. But it looks like I need to kind of move through because it's got to be something. The, the reason I'm teaching, there's a reason I'm teaching this, and it's not to inform you of things because there's some things we still don't understand. But there's a purpose behind all this. God wants us to understand these things because we don't live for yesterday. We don't live for tomorrow. Uh, if, if God spoke to me today and said, this is what the mark of the beast is, I can tell you today what it is. But I can't tell you yesterday, and I can't tell you tomorrow because yesterday's gone, tomorrow never gets here. It, we have to live in today and what we're doing today. That judgment seat of Christ is important because it's about what we're doing today. It's about, again, we're not working ourselves to heaven. Don't mis- misunderstand what I'm saying here. But, but James said it. James was, was around Jesus quite a bit because James, in Scripture, was Jesus' half-brother. And, and James said, listen, your faith without works is dead. He said, you show me your faith without your works, I'll show you my faith by my works. Faith without works is dead, faith being alone. Faith being alone. So that tells me something. You can have faith. But if the faith is alone, if there's not works involved with it, then it's a dead faith. It's a dead faith. It's a faith, but it's a dead one. And that's, that's, that's why our, what we do for God and the kingdom is very important. Very. So we'll, we're, I want to talk about... The, the tribulation again next week. I didn't want to get real deep into it, but, you know, understanding that the people that we're dealing with today, 
that if, you know because the scripture says this as well those people that God puts in my pathway that I don't address I'm responsible for that well God God, God forgives that sin he didn't say that was a sin he didn't say that was a sin he said you're responsible for it so where where's that coming into play yeah yeah, every word that we speak is written down. It's accountable, all those things. And this is not meant to be scary. What God's always done is try to remind us and drive us to understand, hey, if we just do the things of the kingdom, the rest of that stuff makes no difference. You don't have to worry about making it to heaven. You'll buy a product. You don't have to worry about these things, what I should have done. God take care of that. He'll take, if you do something in God's kingdom, God takes care of this other stuff. But when we sit around and do nothing, that's what saddens me about, and I understand people have kids. When I, when I had kids, uh, we, we came on Wednesday night to church. We came on Sunday night to church. We came on Sunday to church. I understand it's a different society we live in, but listen, it saddens me as a pastor that this is the group that's here tonight. No, I'm not sad y'all are here. I'm happy you're here because it tells me that you're, you're hungry and you love God. But where's the rest of us? Well, I have work tomorrow. Well, so do I. So do I. Now, please, please don't misunderstand what, I, what I'm about to say, but I want this to sink in. Last Friday, this, this is kind of common. Last Friday, I got up about 5 and got to work about 6.30, and at 9 o'clock I got home. That should never stop me from doing anything in the kingdom, though. You know, I could say, listen, uh, I, I, you know, I, I'm getting tired. and God, I'll, I'll, You know, that's just part of what I do. It's my job. Thank God I have a job. So, you know, we can't use our jobs. We can't use our kids. We can't. And I'm preaching to the choir here, literally. <laughs> I'm preaching to the choir here. Why I'm saying this is this. We, we were, uh, Jason and I were talking, but, you know, God has brought us to a place in a season where he has some requirements on us, and he's waiting to see what we're doing about it. If we don't do it, he's going to skip out the door and go down to the next church. You don't think God will do that? It's in the book. He'll find somebody will do it. And if they won't do it, he'll go over here. And, and if nobody will do it, guess who does it? The rocks will do it. Somebody's going to do it. His, his will is going to be done. His purpose is going to be accomplished. So, so I, I, I'm just challenging you to start challenging others in the church. Hey, we got to get busy. we got, we got a lot to do. we got to get busy. There's nothing better than being busy for Jesus. Yeah. yeah, there's nothing better than being busy for Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If anything, y'all, I need this hip healed. And I'm telling you, when this church is unified, I'm telling you, God is going to heal my hip. Now, y'all, I know y'all, y'all yeah, but I'm telling you, it's going to happen. I have that kind of faith in Him, but He has faith in us that so we have to show Him what we're going to do. So some of the things I might preach in the next few weeks, don't get mad at me. Don't be angry with me. Don't say, I'm not ever going back there again. Understand what God's trying to do. God bless you. Thank you all for coming. Thank you all for being so, not just patient, but you know what? Faithful. Faithful. This faithfulness is not to me. It's to God. And God puts it down every time. He marks it down every time.
For more information about Tabernacle of Praise, look us up online at tabernaclepraise.org. We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with our Facebook page. We also have a free app that you can use to keep up with events or be notified of bad weather, and you can listen to our sermons directly from the app. Thank you for listening, and have a blessed day.